Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanokas. The opening practice running for Formula One's 70th anniversary Grand Prix took place at Silverstone today with the two 90-minute FP1 and FP2 sessions. Now, again, as per last week and the last few weeks, as I work on my post-practice feature analysis of the day's pecking order for Autosport.com+, which you'll be able to read from Friday evening, I'm going to hand over again to my colleagues, Autosport's technical editor, Jake Boxall-Legg, and Motorsport.com's F1 editor, Jonathan Noble, and they'll guide you through all the big talking points of the day. So, over to you, Jake and John. Thank you very much, Alex. And it's a bit of deja vu again, isn't it? It's a Friday afternoon. It's incredibly hot. And we've just had uh, Friday's first running at Silverstone. And once more, I'm joined by John Noble. It's been interesting, FP2. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was quickest with a 1 minute 25.606. Um, but first and foremost, most personally, John, it is incredibly hot. What have you been doing to stay cool? Uh, I've had an ice lolly today, which some I just started, and someone from a team phoned me up for a quick bit of a natter. So I was desperately trying to sound professional, uh, speak to them on the phone, and not sound like I was eating an ice lolly. So that's been my most difficult moment of the day, actually. I can imagine it's a bit of a struggle. Unless you're talking to um, Kimmy, of course, then you'll probably both be at it. Maybe we could both have been secretly eating ice cream. Possibly. Um, before we get on to FP2, John, probably the biggest news of the day is that the Renault protesting its racing points brake ducts has been heard and the FIA has upheld Renault's protest. And as a result, racing point has been deducted 15 points and fined uh, 400,000 euros for using what was deemed to be Mercedes brake duct design from last year. So, John, um, you've probably been following this fairly closely as well because uh, it's been such a big news story um just talk us through it talk us through the whole process 
quite a fascinating um, decision from the FIA, really. I don't, don't think anyone particularly knew this morning which way it was going to go. Um, you know, on the one side, Racing Point were absolutely convinced that these brake ducts have been designed from from scratch, basically. I think they had, eight, was it 868 or 878 drawings, they claimed? Something like that, yeah, a ridiculous number. In the 800s, drawings to show that they had designed it. But Renault were adamant that there was some Mercedes IP in there. And in the end, the FI concluded in, a, I think it was 14 pages and 6,000 words. Very long statement, um, you know, a lot of detail of what they went into. That Actually, the rear brake ducts, because last year Racing Point didn't use the Mercedes rear brake ducts. They had used the, the front brake ducts last year. The rear brake ducts design were basically a Mercedes design. They started at that point. So um, Racing Point were deemed to be in breach of the sporting regulations. But I think there's two two interesting things. It's actually opened a huge can of worms now. On, on the one aspect, some eyebrows have been raised by the fact that Mercedes sent you know a set of brake ducts to the Racing Point factory on January the 6th. So these are listed parts that you're not supposed to share between teams. So there's a bit of intrigue from rival teams about that. And I think secondly, also the fact that you know, Racing Point are now allowed to keep running these brake ducts. So we've had a ruling. Uh, it's been confirmed they broke the sporting regulations but now they're allowed to keep keep running it. So I think some teams are worried now this opens a door to you have a blatant rule breach, you get pay your fine, uh, and you can keep running a, a part that's not necessarily yours. If Racing Point had run those brake ducts last year, then they would be absolutely cleared, like like was the case with the front brake ducts. Um, they ran them on the RP19, um, and the FIA inspected that and said, well, given that you've used a listed part last year, you can't unlearn that that technology um but unfortunately they for them at least they didn't use last year's brake duct technology because they had a high rake car design and that wasn't really suited to what mercedes had been doing there is that intrigue there and sort of a bit of a duality in the in the regulations yeah and i think what's also especially i think particularly stood out for me today was um the fia issued a little audio Q&A with um, Nicholas Tombasis, the FIA head of single-seater matters, who's you know very on top of all the, these issues. Um, you know, first nine minutes, we're all running through the details of the brake ducts and why they were deemed to be a breach of the regulations and what the punishment was. And at the very, very end, he said, right, for 2021, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore. We will not allow teams to copy to the extent that Racing Point has copied anymore. We don't want this to be the route for Formula One in the future. So there's a real kind of line in the sand from the FI and F1 that, you know, what Racing Point has done this year will not happen again. And there seems to be a little bit of a, a, a clique forming among the teams. Uh, Mercedes and Racing Point are obviously on the, on the same side in this. Um, and then you've got uh, Renault being uh, sort of backed up by by Williams and, and Alpha and uh, McLaren as well. We're not going to have heard the last of this, are we? No, I, w- I wouldn't leave it to those teams only. I think, I think even this even goes as far as Ferrari and Red Bull, to be honest. You know, Ferrari have kept a particularly close eye on this matter. Um, I think they're especially concerned about the scope for teams to be copying each other, teams to be sharing parts, teams to form, you know, close alliances. Because I think they, they view what they do with Haas, which is in effect selling all the, the non-listed parts the maximum amount they can do. Uh, and then Haas design the parts themselves. You know, that is fully allowed in the regulation. It's where you start doing alliances and sharing ideas and, and pooling your resources they think's a step too far. So I wouldn't, I think we're also in a bizarre situation where normally potential appeals come in from the, you know, the, the defendant. So you, you get a verdict, the defendant says, that's not, I don't agree with this verdict. Um, I don't think I am guilty, I'm going to appeal. But we may have this bizarre scenario where an appeal could be lodged either by the 
the protester in Renault's case because they don't feel the punishment's harsh enough, or even a team that's not directly involved. So I wouldn't totally rule out tonight a protest or even a, a joint protest for a number of teams wanting to take this matter further. Nikon Hulkenberg remains in the car for this weekend. Uh, Sergio Perez had a follow-up test. Uh, having served his uh, seven-day period in in isolation uh, as dictated by Public Health England. Um, there was a bit of a furore over that, whether it was seven days or 10 days, and they allotted the seven days. But uh, he has had a follow-up COVID-19 test, uh, and he is unfortunately still testing positive. So uh, again, we hope that he uh, that he's able to recover from that very, very swiftly. But Hulkenberg back in the car, and he seemed to be a lot more on top of it, didn't he, this weekend? Yeah, I think his 50 minutes of warning uh, last weekend was really, really you know, as close as you can get to it, you know, minimal time, maybe an hour or so in the simulator beforehand, um, left him a bit on the back foot. So I think he's had a few days at the factory now, proper build up to race weekend. And he was, you know, well on it this morning, um, kind of understands things a bit better. Um, <clears throat> and it's probably a benefit for him that they've shaken the tyres up this weekend as well. So it'll be a different the impression you're getting from speaking from dry to drivers tonight is that the weekend's got a very different feel to it. Um, this soft tyre, the massively high degradation is going to cause some strategy headaches. So it could be a good opportunity for Nico to do something. And just on the, that tyre wear as well, uh, there were a number of drivers after FP2 that weren't particularly happy with the choices that Pirelli have brought. Uh, Alex Albon said that they've brought two softer tyres, which I think, given the situation last weekend, is probably a fair assessment to say. Um, and Landon Norris wasn't particularly happy with the allocation. There seems to be a sort of a surplus of soft tyres, if you like. And there's not much leeway that the teams have with regards to medium and hard tyres. Um, so we sort of saw mixed strategies in, in FPG today. So McLaren, for example, only ran the soft tyre today. I think they're mindful about keeping hold of the the mediums and the hards tomorrow. I think everyone's going to be, you know, on the limit, on the edge of trying to keep as many tyres, the harder tyres back as possible. Um, but um, we don't want things easy for the teams, do we? We don't want things easy for the drivers. Um, you know, the tyres aren't necessarily unsafe because they're degrading heavily. Um, it's going to cause some big strategy headaches. Uh, it's going to cause some late nights for engineers and drivers trying to work out what they do now, how they plot their way through um, especially Q2, because I think no driver will want to start the race on the soft tyre. But, you know, is there enough of a performance, potential performance margin in the tyres to get you maybe P5 on the grid with a soft tyre and, you know, everyone sticks to the mediums and is is stuck further back because they've all gone mediums in Q2. So could be a fascinating battle there of the, kind of the last man to blink, especially in that midfield battle where there's not much to pick between you know, P6, P7 territory and P15. Yeah, there's going to be a very sort of tight, tight rope to walk for all of the teams and all of the drivers. Um, but in FP1 and FP2, Valtteri Bottas topped uh, FP1. And then in FP2, most personally, Hamilton uh, was on top by just a tenth from uh, from Valtteri Bottas. And Mercedes themselves, apart from the racing point brake duct Ferrari, uh, have also been the news. Um and this is because they've reached a little bit of a, a Mexican standoff with the FIA on the Concord Agreement. Um, Toto Wolff has said that Mercedes was unfairly treated with the Concord Agreement, which of course is needed to needs to be renewed for 2021. This is just signing up to essentially all of the new rules in place. So, John, why does Mercedes feel that way? Yeah, it's, it's, I think I think it's fair to say it's probably more than a Mexican standoff because there's been some aggressive aggressive play from both camps on this one. Um, you know, the Toto comments you mentioned today 
in a press conference. Um, you know, normally teams keep these, when negotiations start falling apart, they kind of keep it quiet and don't want to bring this out into the public, especially when you're talking about Formula One and big commercial matters. But, you know, Toto was very aggressive today. Um, I think he feels that as the negotiations have gone on, Formula One isn't treating Mercedes with the respect I think he feels it deserves. I think as a multiple world championship winning team, uh, as a supplier of the safety car, as a supplier of engines to a number of customer outfits, uh, as the home of, you know, potentially Formula One's most famous driver, um, there needs to be, you know, some sh- some acceptance from the bosses about um, the place that Mercedes have in Formula One. So while Ferrari has already got a secured its historic payment and will get a, you know, get a nice leg up from F1 because of its historical role in the sport. I think Mercedes, you know, it's not annoyed that Ferrari per se has got it. But I think it's annoyed that, you know, not all teams have been treated equally in these negotiations. So there's a bit of frustration about that. A bit of frustration that Ferrari's kept the veto. Um, a bit of frustration that the new governance structure, which will have a get rid of this need for unanimity, which has been a bit of a handcuff on the sport in recent years. So in the future, you know, rules can get changed very, very quickly with just a majority of teams. Um, doesn't need all of them. But if you're stuck in a, a corner in isolation with no partner teams, um, you know, in effect, your rivals could gang up and get rules changed to stop you. So I think there's unease. And I thought it was very, very telling that, you know, within a few minutes of Toto making those comments today, um, F1 responded and basically said, um, you know, our discussions have been constructive. Everybody this will get done by our deadline, which is August, August the 12th, August 13th. So it's, it's imminent. And um, yeah, fun days, I think, coming up. Well, Mercedes do have obviously quite a fair bit of weight to throw around, um, but it will be interesting to see how how they coalesce upon a final a final answer. Um, we'll see if Mercedes seems uh, feels like it's being treated properly in, in future discussions, but hopefully that all gets, uh, all gets sorted out. Then in FP2, Daniel Ricciardo had an, a, a very good session. In, he was in, in third place, um, sort of usurping uh, Max Verstappen in that third best, best of the rest kind of role that he's, he's very much played this season. Um, but John, do you see that sort of carrying forward? Does Renault have too much of a, a chance here or is it, P3 basically slam dunk for Verstappen, really. Uh, I think Renault's think quite interesting. I think Cyril will view today as a good day, basically. So he's had had the racing point thing come through, which is a you know huge victory for his team, which stood out and lodged that protest and took flack for doing it every Sunday, um, but has been vindicated in the end. And, and in effect, it's got what it wanted. It's, the FIA is putting a stop to teams copying each other to the extent that racing point has. So... You know, that's a victory in its in itself for um, Renault beyond the, the specifics of this case. But I think the Renault car also has been getting better. I, th- I think it started, it showed flashes of speed in the first few races. Uh, not Maybe not enough to get the front end of the of the midfield, but it was getting there. They brought some updates last week. And I thought it was interesting in last weekend's race that in the early stages of that midfield battle, um, the McLarens were at the front front edge of that. And then as the race came on, the Renault seemed to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And at the end, it was Daniel who grabbed fourth place with that move on Lando a few laps on the end and then benefited from Carlos going out and Valtteri going out to grab fourth place. So I think there is some mounting potential from the Renault. I still don't think it's enough to be up there with the Red Bull yet. Uh, especially, well, one of the Red Bulls. I think Max, you know, is, is on top of the car. Alex is still 
getting up to speed with it and trying to overcome these balance issues. So, but I think if Daniel can, you know, qualify fourth and finish fourth, I think he'd be pretty happy with that. I think possibly his best uh, qualifying result with Rennet, if that comes to pass. Um, but the rest of the top 10, uh, Stroll and Hulkenberg in fifth and sixth in FP2. And then Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, uh, Carlos Sainz in ninth and Esteban Ocon in 10th. And the session was ended by Sebastian Vettel's uh, engine failure coming out of Woodcourt. His car just suddenly started uh, leaking oil. Um, and then a few minutes later, Antonio Giovinazzi in the Ferrari-powered Alfa Romeo came to a stop at Beckett's, and that ended the session there. Um, John, do we know anything else other than it was a some degree of engine failure? No, all we know so far is what Ferrari said, which was engine failure, and I thought it was quite a remarkable bit of onboard footage following Sebastian, because these day and ages, normally, um, you know, drivers will get notified, a sensor's come off and gets told to pull over at the side of the track, and these things happen quietly where he's hard accelerating coming out of Luffield and you just heard this pop it was like someone had it's it like somewhere between a, a small explosion and someone strumming a guitar I thought this weird weird mixture of sounds in the middle but uh yeah something went bang and this colored liquid all pouring out the pouring out the bottom stopped up at up at cops uh and I also thought it was quite a nice little little thing when Sebastian's looking at it and then the smoke was pouring off and was waf- wafting the fumes up his nose to try and work out what it was, This the, where the liquid was coming from. So, um, yeah, not good news for Ferrari and not good news for Seb, actually. He's had a difficult Friday last weekend and not much better this time. And trying to get a whiff of those fumes, like some kind of uh, engine oil sommelier or something like that. Uh, it sort of... It brought back flashes of uh, bad memories, actually, for, for me personally, because... Uh, Back when I was in university, I did Formula Student and... Your Ferrari um, engine failed. It was a single-cylinder KTM engine. That's neither here nor there, but because uh, they have the circuit up at Cops Corner and uh, our car started leaking clutch fluid everywhere and that was that was the end of our day. Uh, I didn't sniff it, no. Uh, I don't have that. I don't have the, the nose for it, unfortunately. We should have had Sebastian Vettel there, but Joe and actually also stopped on track as well and that brought an end to the session. I've had a couple of uh, long run times on the media tyre sent over by uh, Mr. Cal Norcus, who is currently working on his Friday feature. Curiously enough, we've got Red Bull at the top, uh, although they've done uh, four laps less on the medium tyre than Mercedes. It's pretty inclusive at the moment, um, given they didn't particularly do massively long stints on the medium tyre. Uh, and Renault is inconclusive at the moment because it only did its long run time on the hard tyres. Um, but... Racing Point and Ferrari seem much for muchness. Alpha Tauri looks quite good as well. Uh, and Williams and Alfa Romeo are sort of neck and neck ahead of ahead of Haas, which, you know, that, that doesn't sound like a, you know, a far-fetched order. Um, but John, having watched the FP sessions and having heard from the driver sessions, what sort of things do you expect from, from tomorrow, really, and the rest of the weekend? I think the primary... Uh, concern and priority thing to follow I think will be tyre strategy from now on in uh, even in FP3 uh, I think a lot of the data analysis tonight will be specifically working out if there is a speed difference between the soft and the medium um, if there is a decent speed difference between the, the two tyres then that causes one headache in terms of you know how you manage the strategy um, I mean I'm sure whatever happens Mercedes are going to qualify in Q2 on the mediums, probably Red Bull as well. Um, I think they're the two teams that should be able to do it fairly easily. 
Um, and then racing point will d- depend on how comfortable they're feeling pace-wise because they weren't as strong here last weekend as they were in Hungary. Um, so, and then I think everyone from there on in will be trying to save tyres and manage tyres for what they need for the race. Because if we're looking at a two-stop or a potential three-stopper here, you'll need a lot of sets of tyres. And I'm not sure teams are flush with the tyres they need. With that, thank you very much, John, for for joining me today. It should be a very, very interesting uh, FP3 and qualifying session tomorrow and going into the race as well, especially if temperatures remain hot. I'll throw back to Alex Kalnorkas, who will sing us out. Well, thanks to John and JBL for their thoughts and thanks to you for listening. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out yesterday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.